This is Mr. Petey Pete, and you are listening to WGXC Acre 90.7 and WGXC.org, streaming all over the world. On Thursday, December 1st, there are all kinds of great bands at Tubby's in Kingston, including Anla from Reynolds from Argentina, Rump State, which includes Mark Morgan from the band Sightings, Decimus with members of the No Neck Blues Band, and Rambuton, Eric Hardiman and Michael Kafer from Albany, and Doubles from Kingston. That's all at Tubby's in Kingston on Thursday, December 1st. Go to the WGXC community calendar online for more information about this event and many others in your community. WGXC underwriting support is provided in part by SunCommon, supporting vibrant communities across New York for over 15 years, offering custom solar installations for homes, farms, and businesses. Information at suncommon.com. WGXE is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Mary Jo Downing of Hudson, New York. WGXE's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXE as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Green and Columbia counties. You, too, can become a sustaining supporter by going to wgxc.org slash donate. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Here we are on this chilly, chilly fourth Tuesday of the month. We are a movie chat show where Jenny and I pick a theme each episode and then watch movies separately around that theme and then get on the air to talk about them. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. So exciting to be here. So great to be here. It's our first time in the studio um, without our radio dad. Uh, <laughs> we're all on our own we're we all... have no dad to be seen <laughs> so we're we're hoping that you can hear us and that it's all coming through just fine i think it's so far it seems that way so we'll far s- you seems know okay we'll see uh we'll do our best exactly That's all we can do yep exactly <laughs> um so before we get into our theme for the night we're going to tell you a little bit about what is playing in the theaters locally. Jenny, do you want to kick it off? I would love to kick it off. So as always, I will start by telling you about what's playing at the Crandall Theater in Chatham. Uh, We have Ticket to Paradise. We have this weekend upcoming Decision to Leave, which I'm so stoked to see. I'm so glad it's finally playing nearby. What is what is that? Sorry to interrupt. The... Oh, of course. It's the new Park Chan-wook movie. Oh. It's a, from what I understand, it's a crime thriller. It's like less... Um, you know, freaky revenge than his usual movies, less like freaky horny than his usual movies. But I hear good things. I'm very excited to see it. I'm Ooh. a Park Chan-wook super fan, All as right. you know. <laughs> All right. Amazing. Uh, we also have a special screening of the Polar Express on November 26th. Uh, also coming up at the beginning of December, we have Hopper, an American love story, After Sun, Tar, RRR is coming back, baby. <laughs> Uh, Call Jane, The Banshees of Anishirin, and Klaus, 
And you can find those specific showtimes at crandalltheater.org. Amazing. I really want to see the Banshees of Anishiran. You really let that roll right off your tongue like you speak Gaelic or I, whatever. I practiced it. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to say this one. I didn't look it up. So I hope that my guess was sufficient. Don't correct me if I'm wrong. Sounded amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York. Um, we have... The new Black Panther movie, Wakanda Forever. Strange World, which I've never heard of, but it looks a little bit like Osmosis Jones. <laughs> and The Menu, which does look oh appealing to me. I'm trying to see The Menu. I'm trying to see The Menu as well. Um, I love a freaky food movie. I know, same. And it's maybe a cult movie. We'll see. Exciting. Yep. Uh, now, I shall tell you about UpstateFilms.org. Uh, starting with the location in Rhinebeck, we have Decision to Leave, She Said, and The Banshees of Inisherin. Amazing. And uh, heading on over to the Upstate Films in Socrates, we have Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Bones and All, The Menu, Tar, and Neil Young, colon, Harvest Time. Uh, and you can find those specific showtimes at upstatefilms.org. Gorgeous. I realize I didn't even say the uh, web address for the Wyndham Theater because I'm so nervous to be here without my radio dad. <laughs> so those aforementioned movies at the Wyndham Theater, you can find out more at WyndhamTheater.com. Uh, that's W-I-N-D-H-A-M Theater.com. And I'll tell you about what's at Spotlight Cinemas in Hudson, New York on Fairview Avenue, otherwise known as the 8-screen cinema or the 8-plex cineplex. It's called all sorts of things locally. <laughs> uh, we have Bones and All, Devotion, The Menu, The Banshees of Anishirin, Strange World, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Ticket to Paradise, Black Adam, and Lyle Lyle Crocodile. And you can find out more about showtimes and tickets at SpotlightCinemas.com. And now, please allow me to tell you what's playing at TSL in Hudson, also known as Time and Space Limited. <laughs> <laughs> you could be watching <laughs> After Sun, My Architect, uh, Triangle of Sadness, Cat Daddies, still there. <laughs> uh, and that looks like that's it for this particular week. Uh, but they always have lots of things playing and you should head out and check. Th sorry. So sorry. Head over and check out <laughs> their schedule at timeandspace.org. We're so nervous. We're so <laughs> nervous. So crazy. But we're doing great. We're doing great. It's, you can't tell. <laughs> it's so nice to be back in the studio. Uh, when Jenny and I first got going with this show, it was during the height of covid and WGXC did a really amazing thing where they were able to patch people in via Zoom, uh, which is so cool because it means that we can have people get on the station from all over. Uh, and it's nice to use as, you know, a backup plan. But it is so nice to be back next to each other, breathing the same air, um, hopefully not with COVID in it. No. In the studio. <laughs> like holding hands and like, you know, just look at gazing into each other's eyes as we are literally doing. Right it's now. so, it's, it's so nice. So, nice. Um, <laughs> so tonight our theme is family drama movies, which we chose because of this show's proximity to the Thanksgiving holiday, which is often a time for family drama to get started <laughs> around the dinner table. Um, I, as unfortunately quite often did not watch as many movies as I would have liked to for this so I think earlier tonight we decided that maybe for every episode that's at the end of November we'll do family dramas because there are just so many and so many good ones so many I haven't seen and a lot of them um, I only watched two for this episode and one of them was not quite what I wanted because I really did want more of the family drama around food yeah vibe which some of them you don't know until you're into the movie it's if true. that's gonna go down um jenny do you want to tell me about one of the movies that you watched i would love to yeah it's what it is one of those genres that has it's like a really specific thing that you and i are looking for which is mm. that like lots of people coming back together after some time apart uh, you know, things are complicated. Everybody's getting to know each other again, even though they know each other very well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and that's like, I, that's kind of always the fun of 
picking our themes is because you can bend it, of mm-hmm. course, to what you are specifically looking for. Obviously, family is a, a very bendable term. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, family dramas can include people who are not blood related or whatever. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I was specifically looking for movies of a certain ilk that I didn't necessarily find this time around. Yeah. But I did here. two of the movies I started to watch. I had to stop because I was like, this is not right. It's not even close. I know I did that, and, too. which it feels so weird because I like know. if I'm watching a movie myself, if I stop, I like won't ever finish it. But because the ones that I started were both really good. Yeah. I was like, OK, well, we will come back to you. Yeah. But I'm going to start with the movie that I watched, which is felt like the most emblematic of this particular theme. Uh, and it was a movie, I actually finished it this morning, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little late, doing mm-hmm. my homework on the bus on the way to school, yep. um, and I actually really loved it. It's a movie called My Happy Family, Okay, which I is, heard of it. is an indie movie on Netflix okay. um, that is, it will be leaving Netflix at the end of the month, so it's a great time to watch it. Get it in. You know, get it in there. It had been on my to-watch list for a really long time, and I completely forgot about it, and then I just happened to be scrolling the other day, and I was like, oh. That's got family in the title. Mm-hmm. That's probably right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a movie from 2017, which it, it takes place in Georgia, the country, not the state. Um, and it's a very it's a very quiet movie, which I think makes it very lovely. Like it's a very simple uh, story about this. The main protagonist is this one woman named Manana who lives with her parents and her children and her husband all in one apartment mm-hmm. uh, in a city in Georgia. I'm not sure exactly where specifically. Um, and she's a school teacher, but she shares very close quarters with her entire family. And it's very clear from the beginning that all she wants is to be left alone. Oh. <laughs> she just feels so stressed out and like she loves her family, but they're just all on top of each other all the time because they're sharing this really small space. Um, and it doesn't even necessarily seem like it's a financial thing. It seems like it's a cultural choice that like maybe, maybe is like a norm in Georgia, but also is certainly a norm that they are participating in as a family. Mm -hmm. Um, because she decides that with her salary, she can afford an apartment of her own. And so she comes home one day and just starts packing her stuff. And everybody's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and she's like, I rented an apartment. <laughs> and they're like, what? What? Did somebody hurt you? What's going on? What's wrong? And she's yeah. like, nothing's wrong. <laughs> and like, they just don't understand and keep trying to like pick at her and be like, so why? Like, what's what's wrong? Like, yeah. what's the reason that you're moving? And she honestly never gives an explanation. Like, she's just like, you don't need to know. Yeah. But the way that the movie is filmed, it's very clear that she just wants to be alone yeah (laughs) and there are these really lovely scenes of her in her new apartment where she like has just moved in and she cuts herself a slice of cake and she turns up the music really loud on the radio and she's just like sitting by the window enjoying the breeze coming in and eating her cake and nobody's bothering her (laughs) yeah it's so nice uh and it's just a really it's a really beautiful movie um like the so the main conflict is basically between her and her family and mm-hmm. and this problem of them just not understanding her and what she needs and what she wants um but there is also a subplot that like almost it starts to get really dramatic where like because i think a lot of family dramas have this really intense like energy where mm-hmm. there's like huge tension and some like crazy family secret comes out yeah. and it's like wild and like everybody screams at each other um, and there is certainly a, a, some family screaming in this movie, yeah. but it's very, it's much less intense than I think a lot of the ones that we know of are. Yeah. And so like she has. Because the desire is simple. Exactly. And like. <laughs> and her, not personal. Right. And what it mostly is, is her family members yelling at her being like, what's the problem? <laughs> and she's just, and she's just very quiet and says very little. Um, and like a, a big family secret does come out and she has a moment of like grief and sadness where like. I'm just going to tell you because it's this is truly one of those movies where it isn't what happens. It's how it happens. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It's the plot doesn't really matter. Like none of the characters really undergo significant change. It's just kind of this moment in their lives. Yeah. Folks, um, this show has spoilers. We have spoilers. But so she finds out while well, she's at a, a class reunion with a bunch of her friends. 
two of the women that she's talking to, uh, like she tells them that she has her own apartment and she's left her husband basically. And they are just like, Oh, that makes sense. Like he sucks because of that thing he did to you. (gasps) And she's like, she doesn't say anything, but it's very clear that she doesn't know what they're talking about. Oh no! And it turns out that he had an affair with somebody and like has basically has another family, Oh, um, which he's not involved with anymore, but there is like a teenage son and a woman who he like loved presumably. Um, and so she excuses herself (laughs) and just like hangs out in the bathroom for a little bit. And when she comes out of the bathroom, one of her classmates puts a guitar in her hand and is like, you have to sing for us right now. Whoa. And it's really wild because she has been so quiet the entire movie and she's really resistant to it. She's like, I can't do that right now. And it's like very clear that she's just been crying. Yeah. Like, clearly just found out some really intense information, but like then sings a very beautiful song. Mm. And she has this lovely voice when she finally like opens up and lets it out. Um, and then yeah and then she just kind of goes back to her life and she keeps her apartment Mm -hmm. but it's just this really lovely series of scenes with just her hanging out by herself or her interacting with her family members um and like having these what should be really fraught conversations but are really comfortable because they know each other so well and like Mm -hmm. have this um ease with each other and it just is very quiet like there's not a lot of dialogue except for when people are like what's the problem what's going on with you (laughs) it's very like just i don't know it's just a really lovely movie and it does have a lot of great scenes of people like eating meals together and there's this like it just has uh it's really nice because it's one of those movies that has like a feminist energy but that doesn't feel like it's trying to like push an agenda. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, just so hard to find these yeah, days for real. It's it's very clearly just like we are going to spend a lot of time with this woman and like experience what her inner life is like, but not kind of put like point a strong finger at any one thing in particular. Yeah. It's just like this existence that she's living. Um and I really loved it. I thought it was very beautiful. Yeah, it sounds great. So so few movies let you just observe, like yeah. in talking about like the, the feminist agenda, yeah. <laughs> the liberal agenda of a lot of movies. Um, like so few movies just let let me observe yeah. it happening and not uh, and refrain from telling me what's going yeah, on. I'm absolutely. like, I, listen, I know, right? I know it's, it's not hard to understand yeah yeah and i guess a lot of family dramas do address this but it is nice to it sounds specifically like that movie it's nice to see a movie that addresses the fact that the expectation that comes with family relationships of um you're supposed especially as a woman like you're supposed to love being around your kids absolutely and love being around your family um and you can love people and not want to be around them. (laughs) And that is actually the reality. I mean, everyone I know with kids loves their kids, but they're also like, they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah, That's Um, very much the vibe. Like also both of her children are in their twenties, like they're adults. Yeah. And she's just like, why do I have to do these things that are expected of me? I don't understand why I can't just live by myself and everybody has a problem with it. Yeah. And it's like, my children are grown. I have raised them. They're both married. Yeah. Like I don't need to be doing this yeah. anymore. Um, but yeah, it's really, I really liked it a lot. If you have a chance to watch it before it leaves Netflix, I would recommend it. Um, it also has, this is like unrelated to like the themes other than that. It's just men using their voices, I guess, but <laughs> it has a bunch of scenes at parties where a group of men all start singing a song together and it's like so beautiful yeah. <laughs> it's like really nice to listen to yeah. um and yeah i just i really loved it i don't know anything about georgia yeah but it was like either. very it was just like a very lovely movie uh yeah i really liked I it. it yeah and her family's confusion like coming from that expectation yeah totally moms are they're like what why would you want to be yeah. alone like it's completely like... being entirely confused yeah. by the concept that she might want she might want some space space. yeah she might want to just like be able to do something without somebody telling her that she shouldn't be doing it yeah so that's my happy family my happy family yeah it was really great on netflix on netflix yeah amazing beautiful Uh, okay um so yeah i did the thing we mentioned earlier where i started a movie that was so beautiful but it wasn't quite right and i'll i'm i have an urge to talk about it but that makes no sense i'll save it for another time so (laughs) A movie that I watched was um, the first movie I watched was Tokyo Story from mm. 1953, 
which is um, a movie by Yasujiro Ozu, who's a really big director that I'm <laughs> totally not familiar with, but it was so incredibly beautiful. Um, and that is streaming on the streaming service Canopy. It's also part of the Criterion Collection. Um, but Tokyo Story is set in uh, post-World War II Japan and is definitely addressing a lot of the like post-World War II rapid industrialization of Japan and with that, the breakdown of traditional Japanese family values. Um, so it's about an elderly couple who live in a small town and most of their children live in Tokyo. One of one of their sons lives in Kyoto and one of their sons passed away in the war. But um, they take a trip to Tokyo to see their children. Um, and it's, I mean, quite simply, it, I mean, it is a beautifully simple movie uh, to my eyes, like with not a lot of cultural knowledge or in-depth reading about it. Um it's a beautifully simple movie about those changing family values and these parents coming to Tokyo and finding that their kids don't have a lot of time for them. And they, their children are, I mean, it's hard because it feels very realistic. Like they are busy. They have their own jobs. It's hard not to see their children's actions as um, selfish or, but, you know, they, yeah, their parents come and they're just, they pawn them off on the widow of their son, who is kind of the angelic presence of this movie. I can't remember her character's name right now. Um, but she is, her name is Noriko, and uh, she's the one who does make the most time to spend with these parents and is so incredibly sweet and feels uh like this sense of of not being able to move on after her husband their son's death and this guilt and uh yeah the other children are they clearly love their parents but are very much like all right like we don't like do you have time to take care of them like right. i don't <laughs> um and i will give spoilers away so this is a longer movie and it's a slower paced movie but that's it's so gorgeous to watch so it it does not feel that long and um sorry i'm getting a little distracted by the band that's practicing <laughs> well, I, next I know. i'm wondering if it's audible through the microphones i have to assume it is i don't know it is folks we got a we got a brass band playing right next door uh <laughs> but um so the the mother um we we hear about off screen on her train trip back to the town that they're from uh, gets sick on the train and has to stop off in Kyoto where their other son is. And we learn about her getting sick on the train um, from a conversation her son, their son in Kyoto is having with his coworker where he's also kind of like, oh, like, gotta take care of my parents. And I guess that's a, a trait of Ozu's films is that a lot of main events take place off screen and we learn about them through conversations with other characters. Um, but, Unfortunately, the mother ends up passing away and the children come to the town where their parents live and grieve their mother, but are also just as quick to kind of get back to their lives. And um, Noriko and the youngest daughter, uh, whose name is Kyoko, um, Kyoko... <laughs> Sorry, this brass band. They have a Noriko and Kyoko have a conversation at the end of the movie about um, feeling Kyoko's feeling really frustrated with her siblings and them coming to the funeral and then saying, "Oh, we want um, mom's kimono and you know this from our parents, and then we're going to get out of here. We can't stay. We have stuff to do." And uh, Noriko, who's again this angelic. And like ultimate, like some of like ultimate like fairness and yeah. patience, it feels like is is like well, like it seems like that's what happens to children. Like they have their own lives, and like maybe someday I'll be like that. But you know, um, it, it's beautiful. I wish I had smarter things to say about it. Um, but it's a truly gorgeous movie. Yeah, uh, the film quality is so beautiful. 
Like it's black and yeah. white. It's Ozu's work is so beautiful. It's, I, I I watched Tokyo Story when I was in college, and I don't remember it very well, but I do like that was my lasting impression of it. So I was like, wow, what a feast for the eyes! Oh my gosh, it made me weep. And yeah. again, like the um, the character of Noriko, the actress who plays her, is so beautiful, and she's always smiling. And like, even though she's, it seems like through the conversations between her and the mother and father that their son, her husband was abusive or not a very good husband. Um, but she's incredibly forgiving, uh, to a fault, even like even the mother and father, like, we want you to move on. Like, it sounds like he was a jerk, (laughs) you know? Um, but like she just, her presence on the screen made me cry because she's so angelic. Totally. Um, yeah, it was a beautiful movie and truly a family drama because it was only about family (laughs) yeah (laughs) just a really big extended family and all the pieces and parts of that yeah exactly um I'd be curious I want to read more about it I'd be curious um you know obviously again the uh the older children represent these changing family values in a rapidly industrializing Japan post-world war ii um but I'd be curious to dig into like if that final scene between Noriko and Kyoko talking about um, like confronting these changing values or feeling frustrated by them if if they are symbolically representing any cultural opinions of that time right. I, like 1953 like I, I think is when this movie was made um, but yeah it was amazing yeah. yeah 1953 it was so good I guess when it first came out um it was considered too Japanese to be marketable and exported. Wild. I know. <laughs> um, but finally got its screening in 57 in London, where people loved it, obviously, and then in the U.S. in 72. Uh, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. 20 years. Imagine a movie coming out now, and you have to wait 20 years for it to come to you. So wild. Available. So wild. wild. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited to explore more Uzu films. Yeah. I think a lot of them are about family. Uh, in my brief reading about Uzu, I guess he was very close to his mother and lived with her, I think, for her whole life um, and never married himself. So that's a lot on his mom. His but <laughs> he really loves his mommy. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's that's Tokyo's story. So I can't beautiful. recommend it enough. Yeah. Ugh. God, movies are great. Movies are <laughs> so, so beautiful. Movies are great. And I definitely get a little bit bratty about uh, old movies. <laughs> to me, a 30-year-old person, old movies, <laughs> uh, black and white movies. But, you know, when I, get, when I give them a chance and I get in there. <laughs> it's always exciting. I always feel really... Um, like when an opportunity comes along for me to see an older movie in a movie theater or... Um, or like a foreign language film in a movie theater, I'm always like, okay, this is the time to do it because Mm -hmm. it's going to be really, really big. Mm -hmm. I can't look at my phone. Mm -hmm. I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that, (laughs) that is always so helpful for me too, as a person with a shorter and shorter attention span. Mm -hmm. And especially with like a very, it's like long in black and white and in Japanese. So you have to be reading the entire time Mm -hmm. and like all three of those things together are just like, okay, okay. I can handle this. Yeah. I just need to be like prepared for it. It has to be before 10 p.m. Yeah. Otherwise, it's game over. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I know that would have been really nice to see because I also split it in two because I started it kind of totally. late the first night. Um, and it would have been nicer to just see it all in one. And I, it's also streaming on HBO Max, but oh, nice. the subtitles were off. So I had to, you know, oh, it's so frustrating. I had a whole thing. But um, yeah, it was so beautiful. There's a lot to read about Ozu that I want to get into like they're again with from my brief read um, all these things that someone who knows very little about the process of filmmaking doesn't necessarily notice which is too bad but you know I am what I am but uh, I am what I am but yeah he rarely moves the camera Mm -hmm. it's almost all still shots Um, a lot of times when I guess he breaks the like 180 degree rule, which is where characters should be talking face to face mm-hmm. and the camera moves like around them. Yeah. But usually characters are side by side facing the same direction. I don't know. 
fascinating stuff it's so cool. <laughs> i love like i i too obviously neither of us went to film school we're both schmucks here on the radio just they a hand, couple schmucks they handed us microphones and we didn't ask any questions no these two clowns <laughs> but i do i had like the reason that i saw tokyo story in college was because a friend of mine took a class on ozu and i had like mm. the good fortune of like going to one of the screenings with her um and i also remember Back in the days of Tumblr, when mm. Tumblr was around, there mm. was an account called uh, Ozu's Teapot, <gasps> and it was just, uh, all it was was like a Tumblr fully just um, of stills of his films that had an image of a teapot in them. Ugh. And it was so nice, and I, obviously I followed it, because it was great. It was just like, every once in a while, you see a beautiful shot, so with it, and the teapot's in there. Yeah, this one had plenty of tea but didn't have a lot of focus on food which mm-hmm. i i said i wanted but i did not really get but um such incredible interior and, and exterior but like uh it was such a pleasure to see all the interiors of these apartments yeah. and houses so especially beautiful. um in a place where i've never been and a time that i will never be able to go to <laughs> um yeah so being able to see all of the details in these houses there's a couple like long still shots of just the light coming through into these spaces beautiful shots of the ocean stunning yeah it's so nice oh my god we love movies we love it what else did you watch Jenny well let me tell you about uh, a movie that I watched that uh isn't about families. <laughs> <laughs> I went so the other two movies, movie movies, movies that I watched um, were both about big groups of people coming together, but they were about friends. That and counts. I, and I kind of didn't realize it till I started them both, but they were both so good that I'm going to tell you about them because I, want you to. I loved them, and it really felt like they uh, it, it, they both had the same energy that we were looking for. So, the one I'm going to tell you about first uh, is a movie called Coherence. Okay, I've heard of it. So, yeah, I was like, when I saw it come up on a list, I was like, I've heard of this, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it was one that I had investigated when we did our episode on mass hysteria mm-hmm. or something. But I didn't watch it then, but I did watch it now. Mm. And I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Okay. Um, so, Coherence is a movie, which is streaming currently on Prime, I believe. Uh, Yes. So it's on Tubi, Pluto, and Amazon Prime. You've got lots of options. It's a movie from 2013. It was directed and written by a person called James Ward Burkett. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's about a group of friends. Mm -hmm. There are eight of them, I believe, who all come to have a big dinner party. And they show up at one of their, like one of them hosts and everybody shows up uh, in couples or, you know, stragglers one by one. Mm Mm-hmm. And the first weird thing that happens is one of the characters, she's on the phone on her way to the party and her phone just breaks in her hand. (laughs) Like the screen just cracks. Oh no. (laughs) And she didn't like, she didn't drop it. She was just holding it to her face. Uh oh. Uh, And it turns out that this dinner party happens to fall on the night of a cosmic event, (gasps) a big comet. Is going past Earth tonight. Oh no! Dinner Similar- parties, comets, uh oh, right? Cla- like a classic Halley's comet type. It only comes by every hundred years or so, uh, and you know everybody who's at the dinner party has heard about it, but they're just like, "Oh my God, the comet!" Funny, but they're not really thinking about it that much. However, as the dinner goes on, weird things start to happen. Another person's phone breaks. Oh, suddenly the power goes out. Uh oh. They're like, ooh, so fun. It's the comet. And they're like, let's go outside and see it. And they go outside. And they're like, every other house on the street, their lights are out, except for one. It's <gasps> two blocks away. And one of the members of the dinner party is like, oh, my brother's a scientist. And he told me if anything weird happens, that I should try to call him. <laughs> and so he's like, look. I'm going to go over to that other house just to see if they have a working phone because my brother told me to call him and I think it's important. And everyone else is like, that's really weird, but <laughs> sure. I'm glad it's a realistic reaction to the movie because <laughs> yeah. that is really weird. Everyone's like, uh, I guess. Like, why right, do you think dude. you need to do that? But sure. And so groups start to split up. People start to go outside. They come back. Weird stuff starts to happen. People seem to have different memories of what just happened. Oh, no. 
and it feels like they've left and they've come back, but they came somewhere else. Like they don't know what's happening. It's really fun. There there were many scenes that gave me the chills, which doesn't happen that much these days, unless it's like actively a horror movie. Uh, And this is not a horror movie. It's just like a creepy thriller. Is this just another surrealist dinner party movie like that Louis Boonwell one? (laughs) Yes, it is a surrealist dinner party movie. Um, It's clearly like tiny budget. Like it's the same eight people in basically one location. Okay. Um, A thing that's really fun about it is that because it's it's these eight friends who are all really really close like there's you know a couple of two i think two of the couples are married one of them is just dating and then another one is like the ex of one of them okay and so there is like this conflict among them where they're all kind of like they get into like little snitty arguments but also they've known each other for a really long time so everybody's really close so it has that like family drama energy of like the like friction between them where Mm -hmm. some of them are like arguing over nothing but Mm -hmm. it's like you know they get over it really fast but then as soon as something crazy happens they like start to pick at each other again and Mm -hmm. everyone gets really really paranoid really really fast um and i really don't want to spoil too much of it because i think it's so fun yeah it sounds really really it's just as like oh it feels so like creepy and weird yeah um but yeah like something about the the just like it has like the magical combination of like good writing the actors are like convincing enough like i didn't recognize any of them except for xander from buffy is <laughs> oh my god yeah, which is really fun that's funny <laughs> and he like his character is an actor also like he's okay. like oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god i forgot about this it's insane he's like oh i was in it like because one of them is like the new person a new person who's at the dinner party is mm-hmm. like oh i feel like i recognize you from something and he's like i was in roswell <laughs> Ah, yes. And he in this in the universe of this movie, he plays Max, but oh, the character's name is like Josh or something. It's something oh my else. God, funny. <laughs> so I really, it was like just a tiny little tidbit that I was like, mm, delicious. Yeah, delicious so and just for me. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody baked this treat right up for Jenny. So thank you so much. Um, um, but yeah, everyone else is like they're all kind of character actors so like mm-hmm. I, I kind of recognize them but not enough for it to be distracting yeah um, it felt really realistic like it has it has a lot of naturalism but is in this like really surreal space yeah it was really fun i really liked coherence i'm really that very much appeals to me the um well the kind of like uh confronting the sublime um or like you, that that level of surrealism of like we don't know what happened like (laughs) why are we're in a different place now what you know yeah there's a scene where um so one the guy who goes because he's like i need to find a phone he takes another guy with him like the two of them go off to see the other house and see what's going on over there Mm -hmm. um and when they come back one of them picked up a metal box that he saw outside and the guy who needed the phone was like why did you take that and he was like, I thought I saw you. You had it in your hand. And he was like, I didn't have it in my hand. Yes. And they bring it back. And one of the other party members is like, I can open that. I can pick that lock. And they pick the lock. And inside are photos of everyone in the dinner party no. with numbers on the back. No. And one of the Gosh. photos was taken that night. No, Jenny. Oh, <laughs> it's God creepy. dang it. I love that stuff. I love it's that so stuff fun. so much. <laughs> yeah. Did I ever, did you, did we ever watch the movie Resolution together? <gasps> yes, I love Resolution. It's so good. Oh, it's it's so very fun. similar. It's yeah. like another bizarre indie horror with pictures showing up, w- freaky timelines. Not to take us on a huge tangent. No, but no, no. I can't remember if I ever told you. So like we watched Resolution, which is this movie about a guy who um, basically kidnaps his friend to like uh, detox, detox him. him. And like they stay in a little cabin and he like ties up his friend and yeah. talks him from drugs. Yeah. There's another movie that I, t- I put on a couple years ago um, called The Endless. And I started watching it and it's like about these two brothers who escape from a cult, basically. Mm-hmm. I um, think you did tell me about this. Keep going. Stuff gets really, really weird. And they're like wandering around this property. They like, so they escape a cult when they're like teenagers or something. And then they go back to see it when they're older and they're like filming it mm-hmm. to like, just investigate it basically as adults um and they're wandering around this compound and they just keep like coming upon different people going through weird stuff like weird stuff is happening at this cult compound one of the scenes that they come upon is literally the movie resolution like they they find the cabin 
and the guy is like the guys are in there and like the events oh, of the movie weird. resolution are currently happening during it's really crazy i really liked it. it's like it's made by the same guys yeah it turns I would assume. Out, yeah it's like it's like a connected story so but i fun. i like when i was watching it i had like a very vague memory of watching that movie with you but yeah. couldn't quite remember what it was i was like why does this why does it feel like i've seen this before have i seen this movie before yeah and then i like i had to google it because i felt like i was going crazy yeah and it was like i mean they put me in the exact same headspace as these boys where it was like wait wait something is familiar and it had been like just long enough since i'd seen resolution that it had it had mostly left my mind yeah and anyway i would recommend both of those movies because it's just i love that like weird breaking the fourth wall in a way that's like not dumb (laughs) no and which is hard to make it not dumb but like if you can incorporate it as yet another way to break down the edges of the reality that's being built within the story yeah to bring about this kind of like twin peaksy like like extra surreal extra surreal wait am i in the movie what's happening no one is ever going to find out what's happening and you aren't as the viewer yeah. <laughs> uh it's scary it's weird it's so weird but yeah this gave me this definitely gave me a similar vibe also because mm. it is so like low budge but in a way that um felt really like purposeful yeah like, a lot of the times a low budget movie can be if it if the writing's not good it really is just terrible yeah exactly. and this one is like it had enough of a interesting plot that i was just like oh my god okay great yeah. i'm like sold if it has that strength to it then then it can it can uh, rise above the low budget. Yeah, but... exactly. But yeah, this is also an endorsement uh, for Resolution and The Endless. What do what would we call that sub genre of surrealism? It's a great question. Because when I enter the vid- the good old video store <laughs> and I say to the guy, "I want to see a movie low, like this, low budget." It doesn't need to be surreal. low budget. I know, but I feel like that's part of the magic of it. Well, it's yeah, I'm thinking also about like Picnic at Hanging Rock oh, and that right. like oh you're right again like, like that sublime. kind of like panic uh, um no one's really behaving like real people do mm-hmm. like like the part of it is is because you start with the like supernaturalistic yeah. world and then it descends into this like wait <laughs> wait yeah. everything is super weird yeah it is like it is definitely like somewhere between like fear of the sublime yeah like sublimity and surreality yeah touching yeah and this strange acceptance yet panic Mm -hmm. um from the from the characters within the within the movie i don't know yeah uh, this is great something to something to contemplate dm us on instagram if If you have a name for this genre (laughs) if you know what to call this um yeah. Anyway, that, the first what I was talking about was coherence before I went I, before I took us on this little journey. Where is it streaming? It is streaming on Pluto, Tubi, and Amazon Prime, which yes. is where I watched it. Yeah. Uh, I think you can also probably rent it a couple places. It's okay. very much like please just watch this movie. It's please, free. Please, please just watch it. Okay. Um, I really liked it. It Amazing. was really fun. It's also like a tight hour and a half, easy peasy, mm. which is why I watched it. It was great. Sounds great. Yeah. Dang. I loved it. Um, I watched a movie. That you love. Oh, you did? I did. I finally watched Stoker. Oh, I love Stoker. Which ties back into the beginning of us talking, the show talking about Park, Park Chan Wook's new movie. So, Stoker is a Park Chan Wook movie from 2013, starring Nicole Kidman and Mia Was- Wasikowska. I don't know how to say her last name. Yeah. Um, and Matthew Good. And also a movie in which characters don't behave in a way that feels realistic um but it's about takes place right after the death of a father in this very wealthy family nicole kinman's the mother mia wazikowski is whose character's name is india uh, is the daughter who is really close with her father not very close with her mother and is kind of an oddball she's was really into hunting with her dad she has super excellent hearing (laughs) Uh, she has extra senses it seems like in general Uh, and this mysterious man comes into their lives Uncle Charlie never heard of him uh oh she didn't know she had this uncle but he's handsome and very very alluring and they have a lot of sexual chemistry there's a very hot and horny piano scene the piano scene is so good (laughs) the piano scene is really good um and 
I'm going to spoil this movie. Go so we do learn out, learn eventually. Like, so it has a little bit of, he's got a little bit of a Humbert Humbert energy <laughs> yeah. where he like woos her mom. Uh, Nicole Kidman, who's also feeling very horny, very lonely. Um, and so he moves in and starts fooling around with Nicole Kidman while also um, murdering anybody who is suspicious of his presence there, including an aunt that comes by to be like, I need to tell you something about Uncle Charlie. Then she never comes back. Oh, no. Where um, did she go? <laughs> uh, he murders a, a boy in India's school that's about to assault her, which is cool, but also murder. Um, <laughs> so, um, and the whole time India's kind of trying to figure out how she feels about him because she's been very wary of him, but also obviously very turned on by him and seems like maybe she's kind of into murder, too. Um and it is revealed toward the end of the movie that her India's father has locked away all of these letters that Uncle Charlie has written to India for her entire life. She's just turned 18. Um, and he's written them all from an institution that he has been in almost his entire life because when he was a child, he murdered his kid brother. <laughs> Uh, by burying him in a hole in the sand, which is terrifying. <laughs> um, so we had a good son situation on our hands. Um, and she, the at the pinnacle of the movie, Uncle Charlie is like, let's do this. I'm murdering your mom. We're getting out of here, baby. Um, you know, she's been wearing the same like saddle shoes her whole life. And he like gets her a pair of heels on her 18th Ugh. birthday and then goes to murder her mom. And then she kills him with a with her fancy gun that she's been <laughs> killing pheasants with. Um, but it's a fun movie. I really loved the story. I thought the story was a lot of fun. I kind of wish that the style of the movie was a little less serious mm -hmm. uh, because the especially with the twist at the end, like there's elements that are kind of like like wacky in a fun way about yeah, totally. that story um, like the big twist but some of the um filming choices and editing were a little distracting to me like there was some moments where there was like unsteady camera that i was like why are you doing this like, <laughs> um but it was a lot of fun yeah I haven't seen it since I watched it the first time, which was when it came out. Yeah. Um, and I'd really like to give it a rewatch. But yeah, it's very much in the vibe of the like hyper stylish, like part that is like very Park Chan Wook yes. to do this. Like, uh, if you don't know, director of Old Boy. Yes. To, to contextualize and The yeah. Handmaiden, one of my very favorite movies. Yeah. Um, he, like, it is very, it's very serious, but it, I think like I think that's part of the I don't know I mean like you're right like it definitely it feels like when you're watching it like you laugh yeah but also it does because it's so serious it's like it's kind of uncanny like yeah. there's like a little bit of a, a friction there yeah and I think a lot of people actually really don't like Stoker uh, like it's like a thing I think it's a pretty divisive movie of okay his. yeah um, but I love it <laughs> yeah which is why I watched yeah. it I knew you loved it and I've always been curious about it because I, I I feel like there is at least one other person in my life who also really loved it but I in looking it up, it did seem like it was never, never really gained much popularity. And it's one of those things where, like, there's a lot of, like, seemingly very self-serious, quote-unquote, arty movies mm -hmm. that actually are not taking themselves that seriously. They come off that way, but it's like, you kind of realize it's okay to laugh. And I couldn't really tell what the vibe was with this one, if it was, like, um, one of those uh, or if it truly was just yeah. very self-serious. Um, either way, yeah, it's the story was so fun. that Again, I almost wanted to see it um, a little less stylish. Yeah, that's very fair. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little um, bit. Amazing interiors in this one as well. So fun. Like, I really love, especially in a movie about a family, like, I, w I want ones that showcase dinners and I also love ones that showcase a house and yeah, the house absolutely. in this one is amazing. So good. Ugh. Really good colors. Um, really wacky 
like nonsensical spaces. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of shots through doorways where characters are also standing in places that you would normally not stand yeah, to have totally. a conversation. <laughs> like everyone's standing in a different doorway, all at different angles. Yeah, and, totally. Um, and so like until the camera work changes, you're really confused about who's standing where. And yeah, that's really fun. Totally. Um, Matthew Good is really good I at being terrifying. Good. He's so, so creepy yeah, in this. Uh, he's really good at making his eyes really big. Yeah. I know he just like he I mean he has such a beautiful face but he's really good at making it like turn like take it to that edge where it's like it goes from beautiful to like awful yeah (laughs) you know he like really takes it over the edge really easily yeah because he is really pretty like he's he's really good at being playing this person who begins um as someone who's very alluring you know he starts he has like a really nice um old vintage jaguar that he starts like picking up India from school in or trying to and mm-hmm. like following her school bus and he's he's a good looking dude. Yeah. It is also revealed again toward the end of the movie that he was the one who murdered her father. Yeah. <laughs> um because her her father was like, You're not coming home to live with us. You're right. Very scary. You can't come. Uh-uh. You can't come over. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, um, oh my god. Wow. I really want to watch Stoker. Yeah. <laughs> this is great news. Again, like not it's so I ran out of time to watch more movies, but it wasn't quite the family drama that I was right. looking for. Cause yes. Sorry. Um it is a family drama or could be considered one i would think of it more as a thriller yeah and it's a very small family ultimately yeah exactly so it didn't quite click into what i was looking for but was great yeah oh my god wow great pick i didn't even occur to me yeah wow i know quite aesthetic quite aesthetic very like yeah very stylish outfits are great outfits are great that dude knows how to like construct a scene Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i know the piano scene is really killer yeah that's definitely the the meatiest scene for me because again like i i did enjoy it but i didn't love it yeah um and again i think a lot of the reasons i didn't love it were just some of the style choices yeah Um, for sure but yeah that there's a piano scene where India and Uncle Charlie are playing piano together and sparks are flying. It's great. Makes me wish I played <laughs> piano. Yeah. It's never too late to learn. I know. It's true. Um, I only have one other movie to tell you about, which is great because we're mm-hmm. coming up on the end here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was another friend movie. Friends are your family friends sometimes. Are your Some, family. Sometimes it's Friendsgiving. Um, I watched a classic of the big friend reunion genre, which I had never seen before. I watched the big chill. I've never seen the big chill either. I loved the big chill. Oh my God. (laughs) I really loved it. It's, uh, yeah, it's one of those movies that is so famous, but I hadn't even heard of it until a couple years ago for some reason. Like it just wasn't in my sphere. When is it from again? 1983. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So it's, uh, if you're not familiar with the big chill, it's a movie by Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, and it is just stacked, uh, mm. full of seventies and eighties hotties, mm. such as Glenn Close, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Berenger, Mary Kay Place, William Hurt, Kevin Klein, and Meg Tilly. Uh, and it's so fun. It is. It starts out quite sad. Uh, it is a movie about a group of people who all went to college together mm-hmm. in the like late sixties, early seventies. <clears throat> Uh, and here, like 15, 20, 20 or so years later, I guess it would only be, it's only like 15 years later, uh, one of their own, like, so they all live together. They all mm. went to University of Michigan and they all live together in a co-op. Uh, and they've kind of drifted apart because now they're all in their 30s. And one of their good friends commits suicide. Mm. And so they all go to the funeral together and while they're there, they go to stay at a house that is owned by Glenn Close and Kevin Klein, mm-hmm. who are married. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like their summer house down south, mm-hmm. which is where their friend killed themselves mm-hmm. or killed himself. And so the, while they're there for the funeral, they all decide to spend the weekend together in the big house. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> it is like such a movie of its time because it's like I mean the main situation is basically this group of people who knew each other so well when they were young getting back together and like instantly feeling as comfortable as they did then but like their lives have changed so much um and like when they were in college they were all like marxist like hippies because you know they went to college during like the summer of love and like Mm -hmm. late 60s early 70s and now because it's the 80s they've all become yuppies Mm -hmm. and they all have a lot of money and Mm -hmm. they're like doing really well and they're kind of trying to like reconnect with each other and rediscover like how what has changed with them and like why their values have changed so much and like how they feel about that and what's going on with them um and you know they all also have their own individual little plot lines like um one of them is a woman who is married to a man who's outside of the group and she's in like kind of a loveless marriage and like at the reunion is the guy who she always had a crush on and he always had a crush on her. And it's Mm. like the two of them reconnecting and like, Oh, like maybe they love each other and like, maybe they're going to get together and she's going to leave her husband because he's boring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And another one of them is like a single woman played by Mary Kay place who she's like a high powered lawyer, but she really wants a baby. And so she's like propositioning all of her friends being like, Will you be my sperm donor? Yeah, basically. Yes. Um, and it all kind of culminates in this night where uh, a bunch of people all have sex with each other. Yeah, because naturally they're all really tight. They have like such intense emotions <sighs> regarding each other and like this time apart. And they've come together for this like really fraught reason. Um, you know, they're all super emotional because they're like grieving their friend, and none of them like know why he did what he did. Uh, and like it's just so wonderful uh i mean it definitely like there's criticisms to be made about it being like a movie about yuppies and i mean they're all boomers so it's like it has you know it's got some complicated energy but just from like a purely like it just is so pleasant to watch like everybody loves each other so much Mm. and like they have the really intense arguments that families have like they definitely have like there's a night where William Hurt like blows up at everybody and gets into a big fight with everyone because he's really angry Mm -hmm. um and you know they just they're they're going through the same motions that a big family coming together for like a dinner would have um but but because they're friends it just has this like different level of like ease and comfort to it yeah um and i just really loved it it's also the entire thing is set to like a motown soundtrack because it's like you know they're listening to the songs that they loved when they were younger mm. and so like somebody will put on a record and they all like dance while they do the dishes oh man and it's really sweet. oh man it's like one of those things that's what like, a treat like it could be so cheesy but it's actually just so nice no like because <laughs> also like when that that beautiful kind of relationship is treated with respect and it's not like a house party right which hey no also no beef with house house party party movies movies. (laughs) but um yeah when that relationship is examined like tenderly in a movie it's not goofy it's so nice and it's like yeah the i think it just it really helps that the the script is really good everybody is so charismatic and they're so comfortable with each other like Mm -hmm. it's just really sweet to watch them reconnect and like yeah i'm just a real sucker for like friends coming back together movies and like this one especially feels so like oh it's just really nice i'm like wow can't wait for next time i have like a sick day and i need to watch something nice maybe i'm gonna watch the big show oh i'm so excited (laughs) to finally see it because it's been on my list forever too yeah yeah like i guess what is that about the difference between friends and family where the i mean of course this this is a generalization that doesn't apply to all families or all friend groups, but like the, the quarreling and the fighting that is maybe quicker to heal than with, um, with family. Uh, I think in some ways it's like you, your friends are people who you choose to be around, you know, like that's certainly part of it, but it's also like, you know, they were all, they were living together like a family when they were like 20. Yeah. And that's such a, important time in your life and such a formative time in your life and it is it's not dissimilar at all to being with your family where it's like we have created each other yeah in ways like we've grown together yeah you're Um, such an integral part of of a life just like with a family but you maybe work harder to maintain it because there isn't the given 
connection of family totally. there. Yeah. So you work harder to uh, heal it when things go wrong. Right. And it's like, it's very clear from the beginning of this movie that like, they are all still close, but like they have drifted apart because they're all, they're all really busy. Like um, a couple of them have kids. Like Jeff Goldblum works for people magazine, mm-hmm. like writing like, like scummy 